is my guest on episode 20 of Light on Leeds podcast. Danica is a rugby league player for Leeds Rhinos Women and she is a prop forward. She tells us what got her into the game and talks about the best place to get donuts in Leeds. Have a listen, do. So welcome to episode 20 of Light on Leeds. We have Danica Prim who's come along from Women's Leeds Rhinos. Hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming along. So you've just been to a practice this morning? Yeah, we're in pre-season so uh, just finishing week two of pre-season. Um... We've got a, a long, well, it starts a bit sooner this time, so on the 29th of March is our first game, so we'll be working two or three times a week up until the 29th of March, ready for the start. Wow, is it exciting? Yeah, really good. You know, we've come off the back of a really good season, so last year we won the the double, which was the, the Challenge Cup, which is an external kind of competition running alongside the league, and then we won the grand final, wow. which was the, the culmination of the league, and um, both times beating Castleford Tigers, which is very nice indeed because they're kind of our local rivals so um, and they went they went undefeated last season pretty much wow and they won the actual league so to beat them was great so yeah we won the league the league before the year before and the and the challenge cups I think this year the kind of aim is to try and get all three and not just the two so yeah that's that's a big aim does it feel like a lot of pressure then um yeah and no I think the big misconception about women's rugby is that we're professional and we're not we're still essentially a community sport in the sense that we don't get paid however right. uh, Leeds do support us like professionals so we get all the training we get the kit we get all the venues the physios the strength and conditioning so there's pressure in the sense that we are being given all of this this great opportunity and the women's sport's growing but we're not paid so we still all are either professional you know work professionally or students so yeah there is pressure in the sense that we put it on ourselves but I think as a sport growing we just want the sport to develop as cliche and cheesy as that sounds you know um, whatever happens as long as we're developing the game it'll yeah. be great so is that because that's just because there's less money in women's rugby yeah yeah I think the sport in general rugby league is quite still quite a new sport although it's been going for years um, I think this year is the 150th or something really feels like that wow. anniversary so um, but the men have only been professional for a few years and it's the investment in the game we're very much a northern northern sport right uh, rugby union is classed as the posh boy southern sport and rugby league is more of the working class northern kind wow. or was seen as that yeah um, so yeah it's just growing and developing and we need people to get invested last season we had two major sponsors come on board with the whole competition and Sky Sports showed the final and BBC showed the Challenge Cup final so you know we are growing we are developing and I think it'll only be a few years before the girls get start getting paid internationally there's a bit of payment now or there has been for the last couple of, of things they've done and the World Cup they're paying the same prize money to the men and the women that's brilliant yeah so the RFL themselves are making a real effort to, to try and grow the sport it's just about people coming on board and yeah, that investment we need from external companies more. And so do you have anything to do with going out and trying to get people more involved and get, get more, more women involved in, in the sport? Not directly. No. So the club, so we all have player sponsors as well, so we'll be looking for player sponsors for the season coming ahead. But the club do that and they contact people and more so now people are coming in. But as a general sport, it's a bit of a bigger picture than just we can get the word out and we can ask, you know, and say if you are interested, but we don't have to actually do any of the legwork for that. Right. Which is really nice. And in other sports, I know that for women, you do have to go out and find your personal sponsors. So, um, 
you know, we're very lucky in that respect. We don't have to go around kind of essentially begging for help. Yeah. We get it all, so it's good. And do you find that there's more and more um, young women getting involved? Yeah, there's a big push by the, the RFL, which is our, um, you know, our, our main body, to get 21,000 women by 2021. Wow, that's a really great. So, yeah, the World Cup will be the first ever World Cup, which is in England in um, 2021, which where the, the men's, the women's, and all the wheelchair rugby will be played as a all at the same time. So there's a big push for that. So we've seen a massive increase over the last two seasons. We've had this new kind of Super League where um, women's rugby's been around, but the last two seasons in particular, we've had a Super League, which is in line with the men. So there's been... I think it was six or seven teams, then last season was eight teams, and then this year it's ten teams. So it's getting bigger all the time. So it's bigger all the time, and then we've got an an academy team, so we have an under-19s, and they also run under-16s, 14s, and 12 sessions, and other clubs are coming on board with that now. So the women's game, yeah, we're we're really progressing loads, and people are just getting more chance to go out there and play it, so it's great. Oh, brilliant. And how did you get involved? Um bit of a curveball really so I'm a dancer by trade right <laughs> which couldn't be any further from the spectre if you try what, what kind of dancing um well classically trained in, in ballet tap and modern really yeah and then with my size I don't fit the petite um kind of stereotype for dancers so I went into the more commercial side and then went to university wanted something completely different played rugby union and then 2015 uh, the England coach just said look I've been watching you do you fancy playing some league I, I was a bit skeptical because you know, when you play Union and League, it's like the biggest rivalry every of the two the two sports. And then he just said, I've been watching you for the, the World Cup in 2017. I was like, right, where do I sign up? Excellent. So 2015, yeah, just signed up and then made my debut for England in... That was February 2015. I made my debut for England in June 15. And, and how did that feel? Was that just amazing? Oh, it was so surreal. I look back now and I think I totally wasn't ready for it and didn't really appreciate it as much as I would do now as such. But... Um, yeah, the best experience of my life and then managed to go to the World Cup in 2017 and I think nothing will ever really top that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Australians take their sport very seriously so we were treated as equals and, you know, if not more and it was just, World Cup's the highest level you can play at for your sport, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah best experience of my life. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. And so were you involved in sport quite a lot when you were younger was it more just the dancing? No, I've got three brothers, so sports, oh. yeah. And then we were, those were the days where, you know, you did actually play out and you, you ran around and went to the field with a ball. And then I trained, my university degrees were in sport as well. Right. So, and then I trained as a, a PE teacher initially. And now i um, kind of gone over a bit and teach maths a bit more now. So, um, but yeah, always, sport has always been a massive part. Dance, football, rugby. I'm one of those people who used to try my hand at anything. Just, mm-hmm. I think probably just for the sake of, keeping busy yeah. keeping out of trouble which is probably the real answer but mm-hmm. <laughs> yes I've always loved being active and, and uh, can't quite imagine what I'll do when I have to retire so I'll have to th- find something else to do then and is that something you have to think about obviously earlier than in ordinary careers retiring a bit earlier well I'm uh, I'm 36 at the end of the season so I'm you know going to spend 35 is probably pushing it a bit for the women's game considering that we have to work as well but I've just come back from a major knee reconstruction I snapped my ACL ligament which um, is a very common spotting injury but it's a major one so I was out for a year um, but it's about how hard I work off the field and you know and, and look after myself mm-hmm. and I'm hoping to squeeze a couple of seasons out realistically and then the other thing that we've got to think about is you know children and and whether that when that comes into the you know I'm cracking on a bit now so I've not got long left to think about that but no I'll keep playing for as long as my body lets me mm-hmm. but there's younger girls coming through you know where I'm not going to be as fast or as um, as agile or hit as hard as the young ones coming through so there will be a natural progression where I think it's time for me to fade out 
which is where I've been doing quite a bit of um, work behind the scenes. I write, I write a rugby column for a magazine. And Excellent. What I magazine do bit, is that? It's the 4020 magazine, so it's a rugby, rugby league publication. And, you know, I do their podcasts sometimes with them and I've done a bit of commentating on the BBC radio. Oh, and wow. And do you so enjoy things, that? Yeah, I love it. So the, that, you know, it's just great for the women's games growing and the fact that they want women to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's been nice. And hopefully, if I'm not playing in the 2021 World Cup, which is probably very unlikely, I'll hopefully be a pundit for the BBC for it because they're going to show all the games. Oh, wow. That's the aim anyway. That'd so, be amazing, yeah. wouldn't it? That'd be, yeah, that'd be the aim. So you could end up with a whole new career as a broadcaster. Yeah, well, um, loosely. Mm. I've, I've got... My love of teaching is ridiculous. I don't think I could ever really let go of that. Oh, but, really? Where do you teach? Um, I teach in alternative provision now. So I teach um, in Horsforth. So for kids that can't really access main school, mainstream curriculums and stuff. So I work with them and it's challenging, but it's the best kind of challenging ever. You know, yeah. you go and some days you probably think, what well, what are you doing? And then but it is really rewarding. So yeah, I've worked in mainstreams and stuff. So yeah, teaching is my little kind of my thing that I know I'm good at <laughs> oh brilliant well it sounds like you're good at both things well yeah I'm alright at rugby I'm just very big and very strong I think I'm not very skillful I can catch a ball and I can run hard and that's my job as a prop that's all I have to do right <laughs> so I'll pretend to be really good but it's just a really basic role <laughs> well I've got absolutely no way of telling but I, I imagine that you've been very modest <laughs> no, it literally is that as a prop in league it's literally that easy but thank you yeah I'm sure uh, I've, I've had a few accolades in my very short rugby league career so I um, should be proud of myself and yeah take it on the chin really very lucky yeah oh that's great and have you always lived in Leeds always yeah born and well I say born and bred grew up in Horsforth um, went to school in in Cookridge and Horsforth and then went to university at Leeds Met when it was Leeds Met um, moved around for a couple of years you know did the, the travelling like you do and all of that and then yeah came back and back in Leeds now so Leeds born and bred and very proud of that. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And what are the your fans like? They're amazing, absolutely amazing. I think we're still in a kind of weird where world where we still forget that we've got fans. You know, we forget that we've got fans and people come to the game and they there's men, you know, there's men bringing their daughters to watch. Oh, that's and they're just as invested in the game as their daughters are and, you know, they're bringing it to give their daughters role models and aspirations. Um, and the fans at Leeds are just incredible whenever we go and play there you know we've got a few that turn out um, we had I think there was 4,000 at the end of the Challenge Cup final because the men were playing after us but they came down you know they weren't coming to watch us but coming down early and just That's, you know tapping in and seeing yeah. what we've got and then I think there was over 100,000 tuned in on Sky to watch the game Wow, which That's is amazing. yeah which is incredible so you have to sit back and kind of pinch yourself you know and then when you walk around Headingley because we go to the games quite a bit and people ask for a picture or something it's like still a real novel exciting experience and I don't know if you I don't think you ever get used to that no. why would somebody want your picture <laughs> it's, it's crazy but amazing and they're just the best fans in the world and how much does that support count when you're actually playing a game can you hear them yeah it's game? like an extra man on the field um, you know and that's but works both ways you know if the opposition have got a good set of crowd you know it's quite intimidating if the fans from the opposition are loud mm-hmm. um so you just hope that when, you know, that's it's the other way on the on the shoes on the other foot that you know they feel the same about our fans because they are loud and they are great and we had um you know a game at Headingley the men weren't there we just had our own game and there was I think nearly fifteen hundred turned out to watch which for the women's game is absolutely huge so um, yeah their support is just incredible and we, we couldn't do it now without them oh that's fantastic that's great to hear yeah they are brilliant Lovely to have them yeah so um how would you encourage other 
young women to get into sport? Is there a way that they could do that? Yeah, it's just there's anything. I think sport in general, you know, there's there's so many avenues for women now. Um, for rugby, it's there's you know there's so easy to Google and find out where their teams and there's girls teams starting from twelve years old now all the way up. You know, in rugby league, it's quite scary because open age is sixteen. Mm. So I'm playing against sixteen year olds. Oh wow, which can be quite daunting. Yeah, I can imagine. But with the fact that now we've got these under nineteen academies. Um, coming through they've got chance to have that little break for a couple of years and play at a decent level before then moving up so we've got a progression where we've had a two 16 year olds this year come and join our squad and really make a mark um, and they just you know came from other sports or tried we've got a lot of cross kind of sports we've got dancers crossfitters rugby union players footballers um, so just a case of getting out there and having you know even if you don't want to play competitively you can't the social side like I've been in the gym this morning with five other girls and we've laughed the whole way through you know gym, being in the gym and being absolutely you know flogged to death is, is never a nice thing but when you've got girls around you're just laughing and joking so if I don't do it for the competitive side there's always that social element yeah. you know of it and there's there's no family like it I know it's a real weird way to express it but it is like an extra family so even if it's just for a, a feel good factor like any kind of sport, you know, taking a friend to the gym or whatever, just doing it with somebody is always better than doing it on your own. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah oh, well, that's great. Um, so we always ask our guests three questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is, can you tell us something that you think is great about Leeds? I love the fact that you can be in the middle of the hustle and bustle, you know, you're, there's things going on left, right and centre, it's always busy, the lights, you know, being in the city centre and then a 10, 15 minute drive you know you're in the middle of absolutely nowhere in the most beautiful countryside settings ever and I I'm a I'm a fan of a, a small shot in the city and just spending a little bit of time there but my biggest thing is getting out and going for walks and I think we're really unique in the fact that Leeds has both of those in such a small area but yet you feel like you're a million miles away and I think that's the draw to live back here as well you know yeah. I can have the best of both worlds yeah yeah and that's I know it sounds really simple but you know one minute you're in the the middle of the city centre and the next year look it over for miles and miles and it's just wonderful yeah we've had a lot of people say a similar thing I think you're exactly right yeah you don't have to go very far at all do you so where you wouldn't even realise you're in the city but that's the thing and alongside comes that is like the different cultural cultural things and obviously with my name I've you know we we can we see so many different people and cultures and, and, and it's such a diverse community and I know you can say that about everywhere now can't you but I genuinely believe that you know it Leeds is fit to anybody and regardless of who you are where you're from there's an area or a bar or a group or a community for you so where does your name come from? Um, Eastern European so oh. my grandparents are Estonian Ukrainian so that kind and they came over I think my parents wanted normal original names for us but we've all got something quite quirky and unique and it's really made me I was a shy girl when I was young and people come in and having to say oh my name's Danica and the people say oh that's nice where's it from how do you spell it has naturally made me a bit more of a social person well no I can't show up so it's, it's completely <laughs> irrelevant now but um yeah it was it's kind of made me really helped my characterization as a as a child so yeah Danica is a and it's nice one. to have an unusual name that not not everybody else has got as well yeah definitely I think I didn't appreciate it until I was older and then people say can I call you Dan or Danny and I'm really anti um being called Dan or Danny and I know it happens and I think on the pitch it's slightly different but you know, if people say, "Oh, can I call you Dan?" No, my name's Danica, yeah. and I don't mean to be rude, but it's just it is so different. It. Yeah, it's so yeah. different. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's 
made me uh, helped me make me who I am. I should say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. There is quite a big Estonian Ukrainian community in Leeds, isn't there? There's the Ukrainian Society. Yep. Just, is that in uh, near Hells? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, we I spent a lot of my time in the Estonian club in Bradford when I was growing up. But yeah, I often get mistaken as a as Polish or Russian. But like you know, you walk around now and then I think Armley's got such a huge like Eastern European community, especially Polish. Um, you know, it's things like not just Eastern Europeans, but like the Chinese supermarkets and the Chinese oh, culture. Because yeah. I love it. I just I love food. I'm <laughs> sick. So I like being able to go and just buy different things. I spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, so always suits me oh where else did you go um hong kong thailand china oh did you love that yeah hong kong was was based in hong kong and it's just people think it's a third world country for some reason but it's literally 26 square mile of um like a new york or a japan or you know very modern very high tech wonderful in the sense that step ahead of the game everywhere but Mm. also has the old school trams to get around in the city with so yeah i loved it spent a bit of time up there and um but needed to come back and be back home but we'll see we'll see if I go out there again or not oh that'd be amazing yeah, it? yeah I spent some time in Taiwan oh, last nice. year the year before and I absolutely adored it yeah just so beautiful and such friendly friendly people that's it yeah exactly yeah they're just welcome of anything aren't they mm. if anybody mm-hmm. I wasn't massively keen on Beijing a bit oh, too right. um, over polluted and it was just before the, the Olympics in 20, 2007 and so they had eight lanes of traffic in the middle of the city centre and it's just you couldn't see across the road. So I think I was more put off by the pollution than I was the actual place. But yeah. That's the impression I've got now. So maybe I'll go back and hopefully it'll be changed. Yeah. Who knows? Well, we'll remember a bit better when the Olympics are not on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what would you say if you had to say something about the city that's not so great? Oh, I'm like, you cut me in the middle and it says Leeds through and through. I'm like a stick of rock. <laughs> so it's quite difficult. Um... I don't know really I think I would really struggle to say something negative about Leeds <laughs> as bad as that to. sounds I know yeah I'm thinking it's not over as perfect so I should have something but I've been pondering this the only thing I can think of is traffic yeah. Kirksall Road yeah. Kirksall Road is the bane of my life because yeah, I spend all my time, time going up and down it because my gym's on there and then obviously Kirksall we train to the bottom of it and you have to set off an hour and a half earlier than anything in the rush hour. So maybe that cooks a road. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's not too bad a one, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, if somebody was a long-term resident of Leeds, would you be able to tell them something that you think is a hidden gem that they might never have heard of? Well, I found one last, just last year, and I thought it was, I've heard of it. So the water boat in, um, near the Royal Armouries. Oh, yeah, the water taxis. Yeah, yes. the water taxis, yeah. that's it. Um which I don't know if they're free all the time, but they were free when we went, and then we went from the Royal Armouries to pretty much the train station, but it was a beautiful hot day. Yeah. Um, we'd picked up a drink from the bar, and the guy was like, yeah, hop on, to a sat at the front of this water taxi, in the blistering hot sun, drinking a beer, just, and it was a really nice, like, 15 minutes of just, and then I think we went for another bar and then got it back up again, and I know it sounds like something of nothing, but it was a really nice... No, it's beautiful. Really lovely, and then it takes you to a whole new area of Leeds where I've never... Well, I've probably been down there, but driven around. But you know, there's a few new bars and and places to go and see. So that was really nice, and uh, definitely something I'll do again in the summer. Yeah, I think they've just recently had to put the price up to to, to charge one pound a trip, which is still nothing. It's nothing, is it? Yeah. yeah, and it's cheaper than a taxi and cheaper than what? Well, faster than walking yeah. and much nicer than walking the um, the whole route from Lambeth to the train station. So that's definitely something um, I would I'd suggest there. And also my um, 
secret favourite, I shouldn't really tell my trainers, but Temple Donuts. Oh. So it's near the viaduct in Kirkstall. Okay. And it's a, a vegan vegan uh, cafe, but not to be put off because I'm not vegan. It just does vegan donuts of every weird and wonderful flavour um, that you can think of. The designs are incredible and the coffee's great there. So, And I'm a big fan of coffee. So we found that and it's on the way to training, so... It's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> so you can have a bit. You can have them, then work it off when you get to yeah. training. <laughs> but Temple Donuts is the other place I love to go. I have never heard of Temple Donuts, so that's great. And I'll have to definitely go and check that out. Yeah, it sounds probably. amazing. Yeah, and their their Instagram is incredible. You could, it's just just like works of art in a yeah. on a donut. Oh, I'll definitely check that out. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for telling me something that I've not heard of. That's oh, great. <laughs> that's some job done then. Brilliant. <laughs> um, so, what will you be doing with the rest of your day? Um, Today I'm probably going to, since I'm going to overindulge in sport, but I'm going to probably go meet some friends and we'll go watch the Yorkshire Carnegie game at Headingley. Um, they play Newcastle Falcons. Um, it's a bit of a struggling side this season, but, you know, we're one club and all, and it's just something nice to do. I spend a lot of my weekend watching Rugby Union, so um, my friends play. So I'll probably go and do that and have a, have a coffee and probably a hot soup to hold once I watch. <laughs> but that'll be my day, really, yeah. Oh, well, that's lovely. I hope you have a great day and I hope that they win. <laughs> <laughs> probably won't do, but they'll probably put up a good performance. They're progressing, let's say that. Well, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Thank you so much for coming along. No, thank you for having me. Ta. Thank you. Danica Prim, what a great guest. I don't know much about Rugby League, but soon I'll definitely be attending one of their games. Music this week is by singer, producer and multi-instrumentalist Sam Stevens. Sam has his own take on what makes a James Bond theme, and this one is called Grand Illusion. Enjoy! Escaping. You thought 
you had it made Your demise is your own making Your lying, I see your demise I take the prize 